Welcome to Gin and Gentlemen with me, Eleanor Harkstead, bringing the gin. And accompanied by a legion of gentlemen of a certain age wearing extremely well-cut suits. Catherine Curzon, a.k.a. Baruch Assault, according to my friend Alex. And uh, the reason Catherine is accompanied by these uh, lovely gentlemen is because today's subject is the allure of the older man. And why And why is that relevant, Catherine? Um because I have a filthy mind. No, it's, <laughs> it's relevant because our new novella that's out on the 19th of February is all about an older man. Um, and it's published by Pride. Um, and the title is A Late Summer Night's Dream. And it's a lovely little contemporary love story about a PhD student in the beautiful city of Oxford who, quite by chance, um, gets into an argument with an older man in a lovely suit at the theatre about <laughs> whose seat belongs to who. And from there, I, well, obviously I say love blossoms, but does it? You'll have to read the book and find out. Yes, I, I just don't know if it does or not. <gasps> <laughs> it's called um, A Late Summer Night's Dream. It partly came about because we were thinking about uh, seasonal romances uh, mm. because we'd done our Christmas story, uh, The Captain's Cornish Christmas, and we started thinking about other times of the year. And because we've both worked at universities, we were thinking, uh, well, September is when you get people uh, going to university, starting their courses, moving mm. to a new place. That might be quite a fruitful um, thing. And that's, and that's really where the story came from. Um, and it's it's a rather nice story. And Simeon, he, he also enjoys the allure of the older man. And Anthony is the older man of the story. Um, and he's a professor who has been widowed. His husband, his much-loved husband, has died um, a few years earlier. And he has kind of made a conscious decision that that's it. He's getting, you know, he's in his 40s. He thinks he's getting on. Although I'm in my 40s, so I disagree. Um, and he feels as though he's had his great chance at love. He's had, he's met his soulmate, and he's lost his soulmate. And he's decided that he is through with love. Oh, oh, so. But events conspire you. to change that. Yes. Yeah, so if you want a, a tearjerker, um, with happy, it, with tears. happy tears, happy tears, happy tears, um, then that's the story for you. And as I said, it's out on the nineteenth of Feb. So there we go. Um, but another reason uh, for us uh, thinking about the allure of the older man was uh, the recent uh, news that Michael Palin, uh, Sir Michael, uh, is being knighted, uh, which which was rather exciting because Michael Palin was my first crush, and I was ten watching him in Eighty Days Around the World, and I just thought he was lovely and wonderful and marvelous. And didn't really mention it to anyone because obviously when you're 10, you're meant to fancy new kids on the block and all that sort of thing. And I never really liked men who look like they can't remember where they left their belt. So <laughs> um, where they left their belt. Of course, M Michael Payne looks like he can't remember where his iron is, but, <laughs> yeah. but he's lovely and crinkled, isn't he? Yes. Well, by the time he made, and I'm now going to pedantically correct that to Around the World in 80 Days with Michael Payne. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I was the whole of 13. I was way ahead of you. But by the time he appeared on screens, I was a veteran of older man crushes at the ripe old age of 13 um, because I began with Egon Spengler of Ghostbusters when I was nine. Oh. And he set the pattern for every single crush that was to follow. Um, and I, obviously at nine, I had no understanding of exactly what a crush was i just thought oh he's he's the best ghostbuster and now i'm 
past 40, I fully understand why I thought he was the best Ghostbuster and still do. Still do. I, I still have that crush um, because I am, as we will discuss throughout this podcast, probably, I am, as Helen knows, quite loyal, quite loyal to my crushies. Yes. They, they generally go, you know, we're talking 25 years and over, usually. That <laughs> as, you know, I don't move on, I, I stick with. Because obviously when you're like an older man, they just keep getting older. That's true. So that's <laughs> like, like a fine great. line. Yeah, that's great. So someone that you start with a crush on, um, you know, I started with a crush on a certain person who we'll discuss later. And I think he was 36 at the time. And I think I was kind of like 18. I thought, oh, he's so old. Um, <laughs> And now, obviously, we've both aged quite a lot of years, and he's he's getting older, getting better with all every year that passes. So, yay! <laughs> Go um, me. Me and Catherine uh, did did come up with a list for this, we did. this we have podcast. A list. Well, we had uh, a long list. We have we have edited it down. Mm. <laughs> we have a very long list, so we've edited um, it down to some choice favourites, and we will be adding photos and whatnot. Um, to our website at www.curzonharkstead.co.uk so yes. you can have a trot along and have a look at these chaps if you don't know who they are and then when oh, you yeah. looked at them you can go and look on google images and look some more <laughs> and, and even if you do know who they are you can go to our website and just yeah. just smile because <laughs> if you do know who they are you obviously do want to go and have a look exactly. because they're all great so um in our first podcast you may remember the uh, anecdote about me um falling over and landing in a hedge because <laughs> i'd walked in a pothole distracted by a photograph of a gentleman that catherine had sent me on my phone um and it was a picture of robert bathurst who is the same gentleman that i mentioned a second ago who seemed so old and is now in his 30s ancient in his ancient 30s when i was kind of i was 18 you know um, and now is in his sixties, and well, I've not changed. You know, I feel the same. <laughs> and it's it's a joke. Um, my friends all know it's it's a joke. Um, Cold feet, I believe, starts. I believe, like as if I don't know, starts again next week on ITV. And I know for a fact I will be in for some teasing Aww. because I always am in for some teasing. And it's exactly <laughs> the same as you know um, when I was at school and I had my thing for Michael Palin when I was thirteen. And all the girls were discussing one day who they liked. And they were all saying members of New Kids on the Block. And then they said, which member of New Kids on the Block do you like, Catherine? And I said, oh, no, I like Michael Palin. And they all just looked at me. And then, you know, he was in his 40s and one said, oh, he's really old. And now I'm almost as old as he was then. And I thought at that point, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm not going to say that again now. I'm going to just... I'm just going to manufacture a crush on someone more suitable, which I never actually did. But I just decided to keep my own counsel on that for a little while. Yes. Because you, when you do, don't you, when you're young, because you don't want to, you yeah, don't want to be the one to... that everyone goes, oh, she likes somebody in his 40s. Yeah, she, li she likes the granddad. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> oh. <I> still do. <laughs> so was it when Robert Bathurst was in Cold Feet that you, you thought, oh, he's not? No, no, no. It was Joking Apart, which is the greatest sitcom that most of you will never, ever have seen. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. It's absolutely brilliant. It was um, it's written by Stephen Moffat, who has later gone on to very big things with the BBC. Um, and it's semi-autobiographical, and it's about a failed stand-up comedian who Robert Bathurst plays, um, um, whose romance is 
falling apart and it's very very dark um and when you know it's semi-autobiographical it gets darker still and there's an excellent dvd release of it with commentaries where they talk about the bits that had come out of Moffat's true life and they are the really the bits that you hope would be made up you know the bits where you go nobody would act like that I feel it might have been quite cathartic probably to write it and to see it performed but it's really really good I heartily recommend it joking apart and then obviously from joking apart into cold feet I've seen all of them you know and there in cold feet not only did we have Robert Bathurst a great actor let's let's just say that now fantastic actor (laughs) not just objectifying by all accounts, an absolutely solid, lovely dude, but also wearing a whole variety of gorgeous suits. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, it was great for me. That's best programme. Best programme of the week, every week. Never miss yeah. it. I never ever watched it. When, when I was a student, I had friends who had, like, the VHS box set, because I'm ancient. Um, mm. But it always had that, what's he called? The Irish bloke. James Nesbitt. Yeah, and I was... And I was just like, oh, no, 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 I couldn't understand that. But, <laughs> but a lot of people do like James. The people listening to this podcast would have put James Nesbitt on this podcast, I suspect, some of them. Yes. Um, but for me, I kind of tolerated Nesbitt so I could watch Robert Bather. <laughs> and being exceptionally loyal, um, when he popped up in other things, you know, programs you don't even watch, you think, oh, well, he's in, he's in New Tricks tonight. I'd better watch that. <laughs> better bring the ratings for that so they keep booking him so you just dip in and pretend you understand the ongoing storylines even though you don't and you've got no interest in it because it's all about staring at one particular person for 45 minutes whilst pretending that you've suddenly developed a massive interest in wild at heart or new tricks or whatever <laughs> you can tell that i've worked the whole technique like you know, down pat the whole technique when you share the house at uni it was like get in first get the telly on and go oh no 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 i was you know studying film at the time Oh no, I, I need to watch this because it's something to do with the mise en scene. <laughs> then goggle eyed. <laughs> yeah. Especially when, you know, you get those where you put it on and then five minutes, ten minutes, and they get murdered. Because then yeah, you that's, think, that's just annoying. <laughs> do I stick with it? Is there a flashback? I just don't know. Now, obviously, in the days of on demand and yeah. immediate catch up, that's fine. That's absolutely cool. But then when you were VHSing, it's like, oh, what do I do now? Because now I've got to rewind, <laughs> fast forward. And I still have. I still have long, long-term friends for whom this is a, a joke. It's an in-joke, Catherine, watching rubbish because somebody's in it. And even now, when certain actors are in something, they'll, they'll watch it and then they'll text me and they'll say, oh, you know, he's in the first 10 minutes, then he's only in it two minutes later after that. You probably don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they'll say, but it's a really good programme anyway, as if, as if that will help. Yeah. yeah. Even so, I'm going to spend the rest of the programme wishing that they'd put him in it more <laughs> no i'm just not gonna watch the rest of the program <laughs> even so i'm gonna develop a sudden disinterest my 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 husband is a big hoovian which helen's gonna say is nerdy and i'm gonna take offense on his behalf um and a chap who we will later discuss within an episode of doctor who and i was watching it he got killed quite near the end but not far enough to the end for me to have felt like i'd spent a lot of time you know and then i kind of started pottering about the house doing other things and when i explained to rick when i came back to watch the end that i'd lost the thread and didn't know what was happening he was completely unsympathetic he said well you should have stayed and watched it life's too short it was suddenly not very interesting yeah life's too short i didn't realize he was going to get killed 25 minutes into a 45 minute program bored now yeah bored now now I have to go off and find something else to do. And he said, should I pause it? And I remember going out the door and I was like, no, no, don't bother. So, so who should we pick now from our, from our do want, list? Do you want to pick someone? Shall I pick, I, I'm going to pick Richard E. Grant. 
he was with he was Neil. On- it was on the front cover of the Chap magazine mm. uh, not that long ago. A, a very good uh, front uh, cover pick it was too. Um, key thing he was in was with Nail and I, um, yes. which is such a good film and such a quotable, hilarious film. Um, when I was on the way back from Edinburgh on the train recently, it, it went through the Lake District and I convinced myself that I could see the, the you know, when he stands on that hill and just shouts over the lake. And I was like, yeah. I'm sure that's where Withnell stood. <laughs> I'm sure that's it. It probably wasn't. It was just a hill. It's a great um, film. But he's such he's such a good actor. And even even like when he pops up in stuff, like when he was in Gosford Park and he played the butler or the valet, I can't quite remember. And he just turns up and he was he was very good. Mm. And he was quite a bit creepy. Mm. Um, he was very very good in that. But it's like you know everyone's like, oh look at these young chaps in it, and I was like. Richard E. Grant playing a slightly terrifying butler. That'll do for me. Thank you very much. So. Richard, when um, With Nail and I had its recent anniversary, which must have been its 30th, I yeah, think um, they did um, a very, very limited edition number of DVDs, Blu-rays, that could be personalised. So you could have whatever quote you wanted on it and it was came as <gasps> your copy of it. And I got one. I'll show you when you come over. I'll show you. Bring us the finest wines known to humanity. No, I didn't get that. But there were some. Why don't I have any? There were some really obscene choices that you could make, but I didn't choose one of those. But it was great because you could choose your own cover art and you could choose your disc art, uh, and it was a really lovely treat. And for someone who loves the film, it was just such a nice way of being not part of it. Yeah, being part of its legacy, I guess. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's very nice. I love with Nail and I. It's it's so good, And and you can just watch. It's one of those films that you can just watch many times and it doesn't get boring yeah yeah exactly are you the farmer <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that would be a great title for podcast are you the farmer <laughs> we've come on holiday by mistake but you've never fallen into a bush whilst looking at richard e grant i haven't no sorry um <laughs> well kind of let the side down there yeah i know oh i was in my leg swelled up and it hurt. But there you go. But then you can just stay at home on the sofa watching Robert Bathurst, Michael Palin and Richard E. Grant and things. Exactly. What is the allure of these these men? What's well, alluring about them? Because obviously, um, in With Nail and I, Richard E. Grant wasn't particularly older anyway. No, but he was older than me. <laughs> he was older than you. But how, how old were you when you first saw it? He's very... I suppose, I suppose the thing is, I mean, he's, he's playing a character who's a bit of a... His, his character's not nice, is he? But he kind no, of makes someone not nice, oddly charming. Um, yeah. Which is why that film's so good, I think. Do you think it's because it? there's a vulnerability to him? Uh, yes, I think so. There's his big eyes. Yeah, that if he was like that character, if, if the character was as he is, but didn't have that edge of vulnerability, he'd just be a narcissist. Yeah, and, and that whole thing that you know... He isn't going to get his sort of ambitions are never mm. going to be realised because the bloke mm. he, that character is based on was a, was this an actor mm. whose ambitions never came to anything, and mm. um, he actually had a he had I think cancer in his throat and had yeah, a, he did. Larynx was removed. Mm. He, it was Vivian McCarroll, I believe. I think so, mm. and I think the last thing he ever said was 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 uh, an expletive. Mm. And you <laughs> so, know, you do know about the original ending of With Nail and I. That was no. going to be, you know, how it ends. Do you know about the original ending? Yeah. yeah. So it was originally going to be a much darker film, you know. And we're not spoiling it for anyone because it's—I don't think you can really spoil a thirty a thirty-year-old film. But obviously, originally, it ended with him blowing his head off. <gasps> 
Yeah, I think I think him doing Hamlet's better. <laughs> Is it Hamlet? Or I feel like from your reaction, maybe you hadn't heard that version of the original ending. No, I hadn't. Sorry, I should no. explain to listeners that I I am slightly deaf. <laughs> but yeah, he um he shot himself. Oh no! But obviously, happily, and we won't. Yeah, the ending of the film isn't that. So if it had been that, I wouldn't have told you. <laughs> We'd have just yeah. said, oh, go and watch this film. He's got a really, really happy ending. Yeah, you like Richard E. Grant, don't you? Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's great, you especially when he shoots himself. Blow his head off. It's great. Oh, goodness. Brilliant. But I think that's one of those things, isn't it? Because um, actually, this is not related to this, but do you know Clark's? The, the, um, the whole Rick showed me that, and all the way through, I had him about this convenience store. I thought, oh, they're going to get killed at the end. You know, you just get a feeling. It's a comedy. But oh, I just had a feeling yes. that it was going to end with them getting killed. I don't know why. Because um, you know, And at the end, they didn't. And I said to Rick, oh, do you know what I thought? And he said, well, funny thing is, that was the original ending. But they <gasps> changed it. So it must have... Obviously, something in the film, may, it was obviously leading up to that original ending. Yes, it, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's, it's almost mm. like, I think it's what happens when you, when you write, that you, you kind of start tuning into to how stories kind of work in a way. Um, I'm, we're currently working through the Hannay box set. So mm. um, Robert Powell, again, not on our list, um, he, he was in the 39 Steps in the late 70s. And then in the mm. late 80s, 10 years later, for some reason, they decided to invent a load of Hannay stories. So mm. Richard Hannay, his character. Um, for some reason, as in money. Yeah, some reason, as in money. You know, there's a lot of money in Men in Tweed, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, from you. <laughs> from me, mainly. And, um, yeah, so um, they, they made this series. And I've watched it. And I've been able to work out the end of most of the episodes. Yeah. I can see coming it's like oh we're trapped on a boat and we can't open the window or get out we can't see where we are i said they're not in a boat are they that's obviously like in a basement or something guess what but isn't part of it that it's like anything if you watch a lot of a detective show you certainly you learn the cheat codes yeah yeah to that think, detective show you start think, to get it and it quite often it's more like do you enjoy getting there I and, it's, and i'm still watching them i'm still enjoying yeah them. yeah and obviously let's just for the listeners that <laughs> this is completely you know we are we are everybody on our list is a great actor if they're an actor and yes. but this is in no way a reflection on talent some being better than others because obviously robert powell is great oh, he's an excellent actor yeah. absolutely great this is purely us basically objectifying our long-term crushes for your entertainment <laughs> my friend's dad years ago probably gosh 30 years ago he wanted his wife's birthday was coming up and she he said what do you want and she said, get me a surprise, something I'd never think of. So we bought her the entire Jesus Nazareth. <laughs> and it was on like 20 VHSs. <laughs> and he, he wrapped up each one separately. <laughs> and then when she unwrapped them, she just lined them all up on the sideboard and said, why did you buy me Jesus Nazareth? And he said, because she wanted a surprise. And you'd never guess that. <laughs> so, there you go. And I can't remember how many VHS it was, but it looked like a lot lined up. It probably wasn't that many. Um, so, you know, email in and tell us, but it probably wasn't that many. But yeah, well done, Stan, because that was an ep epic present troll. Would you like to pick someone from the list now, Catherine? I'm going to pick someone from the list who I tried to get to be a crush, but I couldn't quite get them there, okay. which was Brian Ferry. Mm. Because I love Roxy Music. I love Brian Ferry. And seeing him live, amazing performer, oh. fantastic, wonderful, wonderful wardrobe, obviously. And everyone says, oh, yeah, he's just your type. 
Mm. So I kind of thought, oh, he is, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But do you know when somebody's like, he really is my type, but it, you just know that that little lost it, not that ingredient's not there. No. So wonderfully talented, mm. you know, no mistake in that. Absolutely fantastic. Um, everybody should go and see Brian Ferry, or should just listen to him constantly because he's brilliant. <laughs> but he's yes. got a sort of seductive voice, hasn't he? Mm. When you think it's quite, it's quite sensual. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I know what you mean. I mean, I, I do. I, I had a friend once who um, had a friend who who really loved Brian Ferry and everything. Mm. But I, 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 no, I didn't either. But I kind of, I could see. I mean, he's he's good looking chap. Very good looking. Looks awesome in a suit. Very good looking in a suit. Seductive songs and voice and everything. But nah, so I do. I do like men who aren't who are like ten years older than me, like Brett from Suede. Mm. Who I, I do rather like, and whereas uh, for me it's solidly older. Yes, and but, but Brett Anderson from Suede, he's kind of he sometimes has a bit of a Brian Ferry thing about him in a weird way. But you see, no. I, I do quite like I do quite like Brett Anderson, although I have do met you him. Think? And, What's uh, Brian Ferryish about Brett Anderson? I don't know. Maybe it's the floppy hair. Maybe it could just be that. He's maybe being unconvinced. <laughs> I have to mention him as well for my friend Y, who um, who once presented me with her her list of top ten hot men, um, and I said, "Why? There's a lot more than ten men on there." She said, "Yes, it's now over a hundred because I couldn't narrow it down." A friend and I, I sh- I shan't share the friend's name because they might not want me to do that here, but we occasionally compare notes on crushes just yeah for a joke, and that person's list of crushes is amazing. It's like an ongoing list and it is amazing. And it's not, yeah, it's not just a few names. It's not, you know, it's, it's big enough that it's got its own spreadsheet kind of thing. Yeah, that, that, was, that was likewise. I admire uh, that though, because of my very long crushes, you know, my 20 year plus crushes. Obviously my spreadsheet wouldn't have many names on it. <laughs> and I think going back to the thing about people liking New Kids on the Block or Take That or whoever. I mean, at the moment, obviously, there's a lot of... The guy in the bodyguard. He's too young for me. And Richard Armitage. And, a, you know, mm. the heroes, like, at the moment... A lot of people like an Aquaman at the moment. Oh, no. Um, but obviously, me, that I tend to go now for kind of, gosh, mid-50s and up, usually over 60, that I'm not really looking for a six-pack. No, I mean, I keep seeing pictures on Facebook of, of um, Aquaman and, and, it's, and all these people are just going, oh, swoon, oh. And mm. it's like, to me, it just looks like he's made out of moulded plastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, oh, it's... To this, do like that? That's he's, he's Richard, Richard Madden is the bodyguard. Um, obviously, though, he, yeah, I mean, I, you can, I can certainly see why people like people who are really built and younger, but it's... It's just one of those things, isn't it, that some people like older people and yeah. some people like people who look like Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, intriguing. But the but thing I is, think like... as well, part of, like we talked about, you know, we said the allure and we've kind of swooned a bit about some actors and singers. But I think for me, part of the allure is there's not a charm because charm implies some sort of smarm, but a certain worldliness that comes yeah. with it. Sitting in an armchair with a whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Looking just, just, just knowing, knowing that everything's fine. Do you know what I mean? That you've kind of had your wild, not had your wild, you've had your wild years, and you're sorted. And maybe some of it is down to that, the being sorted. 
because I have, you know, for my friends, I'm a very specific type of crush. And, the, you know, essentially, like, posh, English, well-dressed, and over 55. And that's well known for me. Um, but obviously, Anthony is posh in English, but isn't over 55. Um, and we have a book coming out later in the year um, yep. about an older chap who's an airline pilot called Guy. And mm. I think, I don't know what you think, Alan, but I think probably Guy is as close as any of our characters are to somebody that I would have put on this list if he was real. Oh, yes. But obviously on this list, we've gone for celebrities. We're not going to be weird and call out people. But, but Guy is the closest to your tastes. Guy is very close to my taste. Again, quite young, 49. He's a youth. <laughs> but he is, he drives a classic British sports car, which is another win for me. Now, and he's he's just got a confidence, but not oh, not an arrogance, but somebody who's at ease with his place. He's assured, I think. And um, Josh, who is the uh, other chap in the story, mm. you know, his his attraction to him is this: he's just assured and confident. You know, he's he's just got you know that's the buttery tones of a, of an airline pilot. We're flying at this however is your many captain hours. speaking. Just I, I'm basically steering with my toes because I've done this a million times before, carrying a giant plane across the sea. Mm. You know that 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 sort of confidence that that Josh finds very attractive, and so do lots of people. Um, yeah, so do I. Yes, and yeah. every, lots of people. When we've mentioned we've got a story coming out with an airline pilot in it, everyone the amount of swooning. <laughs> oh, is what said usually. Oh, yeah. Oh, an older airline pilot. Ooh. Although I have to say, my mum did say, um, oh, does he have an Italian accent? Because she, she likes Italian Latino. pilots. He's from Surrey. Sorry, Eleanor's mum. So my no Italian mom. accents for her. No, no, no Italian accents from. But my he'd mom. make up for it, I'm sure, with his, uh, with his laid back attitude to button in his shirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yes. And, and other things, I'm, t- I'm sure, as well. <laughs> as readers will find out later yes. in the year. Well, that's the other. That's the other thing about an older man, isn't it? Um, the bedroom, perhaps, or the mm-hmm. hint of there's a suggestion they might be rather good in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. Although, obviously, some people who don't like an older man might think it could go the other way. Yes, <laughs> but not for our older man. Not for our fictional older man, because then you know they're they're older to a point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah it's again, like, it's... put their back out in the middle no. of, of a loving. <laughs> Well, I think you can do that when you're young. <laughs> it's the um, again, though. It's the it's, it's it's the assurance. I think the experience. Yes. And I think hopefully I could be wrong, but I think we kind of hope that that brings with it an emotional maturity too. Yes. That somebody might not they might not have that massive burst of attraction that you get when you're terribly young, where it's like, oh my god, you're amazing! I've got to spend every minute, I've got to spend the rest of my life with you, every minute with you. Blah, 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 blah. But it's somebody who maybe that affection certainly with those characters it means more because they've already been through relationships and and maybe they could have acquired a cynicism about it so they don't dive in head first if you like at the first suggestion someone's interested mm-hmm. and it yeah the maturity of it i think yeah. is quite appealing yes yeah, so, i mean i know and, and for some people the appeal of a younger chap who wants to just get on with it you know yeah fine but perhaps you know yeah, a slow, a slow burn. Slow burn, I think. Yeah, particularly slow a slow burn who flies a jumbo jet. Yes. Should, should we pick another man from the list, Catherine? Um. Yeah. Pick away. Who would you like? Who's on our list? Oh, tell us. Tell us about um 
Tell us about Mr. Richard Burton. Oh yes, Richard. Yes, I put I put Richard Burton on this list, really for when he's in. Um, this is this is very you know like a very specific sort of appeal. Mm. <laughs> when he's in when he's in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and he's wearing glasses and a cardigan and he looks a bit sad and for some reason that's really attractive to that's me. That's very specific. I suppose it just looks like he needs a hug. <laughs> a sad looking Richard Burton. And also I, I have my, my moments of being a bit, a bit of a diva, so maybe maybe he'd cope. I don't know. Do you, Eleanor? I would never have guessed. <laughs> I've never encountered them. <laughs> yes. So yes, so Richard uh, Richard but and and it was quite funny because I, I had a friend who who similarly found him rather appealing in that film. And mm. um, we happened to be uh, at the university where I work and there was a there was a professor who who I knew was a bit annoying and he walked past and she went, "Oh my god, he's like Richard Burton and he was afraid of Virginia Woolf." And I was like, "He's really not." <laughs> After this podcast wraps, you need to tell me who that is. <laughs> so I can look. No, he's like, yeah, it's it's kind of like he he kind of looks like a sort of you know like like he's got dressed in the dark sort of professor type, mm. but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't quite the same. Well, I'll, I'll counter your Richard Burton with someone who appeared with Richard Burton, oh, who but... is James Mason. Ah. Um, as I did my terrible James Mason impression in our first podcast. Oh yes, I won't do it again. Um, <laughs> I have I. I am a big James Mason fan. Mm. I think he's great. I think he's absolutely great. And I think that goes back to watching his films with my granddad when I was very, very young. Mm. And just thinking then, oh, you know, and obviously very, very distinctive voice. Yeah. And that kind of voice where you kind of go, oh, my God. But it's, it's that thing as well that for some reason people in black and white appeared even more glamorous. Yes. Than they did in colour. I mean, does Cary Grant, and, uh, is, he, is, he, is he classed as an older man? I mean, he's obviously a lot older than both of us. <laughs> oh, definitely. But I think for me, this is someone else that people always expect me to, that would be on the list. And I love Cary Grant, absolutely love him. But again, not in that way. I guess oh, it's I that thing that's whenever that. we're attracted to someone, there's always that indefinable something mm. that makes them attractive to you. Yeah. And he's, he's absolutely great. I'm very suave. I think probably too smooth and suave for me. Ah, uh, yes. But you know, absolutely fantastic actor. But mm. someone like you know David Niven, mm. David Niven, who physically maybe wouldn't be someone that you would expect me to find attractive, but has a very attractive personality in his autobiographies, and again was that quintessential English gentleman. Mm. Whereas, yeah, I think Cary Grant. It's for me, it was almost like too smooth. Yes, I, I can see that. I can see. Yeah, that. too many rough edges have been buffed off. And when he, what was his real name? It was something... Archibald Leach. Yeah, <laughs> Archie Leach from Bristol. Yeah, Archie Leach. So it was Archie Leach from Bristol. So he wouldn't. He would, I mean, that sounds like he sounds like on Blind Date, which was um, mm. it was a program that was on in the eighties and nineties with Silla Brat. Silla Black and they'd have these contestants and you'd have like a, a girl and and they'd behind a screen there'd be three men and they'd have to answer questions and Archie Leach from Bristol would be the name of the sort of the joker in the pack wouldn't it the mm. one who gets the wacky, wacky questions mm. not not smooth sophisticated sort of uh urbane man, gentleman who Cary Grant became but... no not at all Archie Leach um, <laughs> and Archie Leach actually was the name of the character played by John Cleese in A Fish Called Wonder. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, did you see what they did there? 
I think, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to choose someone else off the list now, and you're going to know who I'm going to choose now. Oh, oh, I think I might. (laughs) Speaking of people who get killed five minutes into the (laughs) programme, by which point you're committed because you've already watched episode one, and there's only one episode left, Chris Villers. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Nigel, the torch from Top Secret. (laughs) Which, there's a whole anecdote about that involving a member of my family that I'm not going to go into. Because she hasn't consented to my sharing it. Oh dear. Um, oh dear. But yes, Chris Villers, who is fantastic actor yes. again. As we say, everybody that we're talking about, great actors. You don't yes. get on this list just by being a pretty face. <laughs> but also very much sums up what I think we've been talking about, you know, the confidence and a certain style of character that they play. Um, who come across incredibly well in real life, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy much teasing because of all these crushes. <laughs> but again, you think, oh, do you know, I think tonight I will watch that episode of Vera because so-and-so's in it. <laughs> <laughs> or I will secretly watch Emmerdale for several years <laughs> to see <laughs> this actor in it. He did. He did get good bits in Emmerdale, though. He got. He got he all did, sort of, the loving and a fighting. The loving and a fighting, and the surrogate <laughs> wives, and the having your wife committed, and the holding your girlfriend hostage, and the bear. going to bed with a man just to help him get you out of his system. <laughs> I ran out of breath there, listing the only a few of the plot points of the, let's be honest, spectacularly named Grayson Sinclair of Emmerdale. <laughs> I actually ran out of air and I hadn't even done half of the plot points. But the thing is, is that obviously you can get away with the odd episodes <laughs> of something here and something there. But then you think, oh, this is going you know, to take some explaining because I'm going to get teased to high heaven for watching Emmerdale Farm for this, <laughs> frankly, nefariously saucy reason. You know, we're not bringing the cows down from the top field anymore, Mr. Wilkes. It's so yeah i just happened to be you know chilling with my tea and oh emma dale's on (laughs) may as well leave it on there's a character in it who's like that who is getting all the fist fights and uh getting into a fight at a funeral on literally on the graveside like with his head hanging over the edge of the but if you're in a soap (laughs) if you're getting into a fight at a funeral in a soap you better be fighting by the graveside and nearly falling in yeah Uh, missed opportunity missed opportunity Likewise, if you're in a soap and you get into an argument in a pub, someone's going to hit someone and send them over the bar. It's a pub in a soap. Yeah. You know, I'm in my 40s. I've been to a few pubs. I'm not a stranger to pubs. I've never seen anyone be thrown across a bar in a pub. I saw someone get a chair, like a stool, smashed over their head. No, that was probably an episode of Emmerdale. You've made love to half the cast. I'm going to hit you over the head with a stool. That was the Emmerdale glory day. And and as we as Catherine and I have discussed, he does he does do a good kiss. He does that. We should do another podcast for that, shouldn't we? People who do a good screen kiss. The the attention to detail. It's not just a kiss. There's there's things happening there. Which uh, yes. Going back many years, I believe that the gay kiss he had got complained about. I think mm. because it was would it be seven o'clock at night, wouldn't it, Emmerdale? Yeah. Um, yeah, people people just complaining. It. We wanted a second kiss. We there was a second only one. kiss. And some people got quite offended, I think, because it, it's it's a spirited kiss. Let's tell no lie. Oh yeah. Um. So yes. So and people got. I didn't complain. <laughs> Dear ITV. 
more of this please but i went out for lunch a couple of weeks ago with a friend of mine who does watch emma dale <laughs> and we started talking about soaps and he said do you do you still watch emma dale and i was kind of like shh, shh, shh. and i said oh no i've not watched it for a bit and then i saw it dawn on him and he said oh he said oh you're shameless <laughs> which i was like yeah mm. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to complain about. I am. It still involves a lot of commitment though, because if I go and see my mum, yeah. be like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna watch Neighbours and Home and Away, oh, cause no. my, and then I'm like, right, I haven't seen this since I was last here. I have no idea what's going on, and then she'll start giving me a potted history of what's happened, and it just sounds like the most bizarre thing. Well, such and such has had a baby, but the dad was actually in a plane crash, which landed on top of Lassiter's, and then. But you don't need that anyway, because the whole point of a soap is that it's made that you can just go into it. That's and true. by the end of that half an hour, you know what's happening. Yeah, because but... they'll be focusing on a particular storyline. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't watch any soaps at the moment. Depending on casting in the future, maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but on occasion, I might be at my friend's and she might have a soap on or, you know, something like that. And it's startling how quickly. So something like Coronation Street that I've probably not seen for, you know, well over 10 years. Mm. But you see an episode of it, or not seen regularly, I should say. You see an episode of it and within 15 minutes you're well aware of what you need to know to follow it mm. which is probably you know it's a, whether or not you like soaps whether or not you like the soap the writing it's a skill to be able to write a soap i think it's a real skill to be able to put enough into it that it's great for long time viewers but also enough that someone who's not seen it in 10 years can go oh i understand this storyline yeah it's and quite... if not that then can we have grayson sinclair having I saucy did, I... scenes instead <laughs> I did quite get into the archers at one point. I go through phases with the archers that I'll listen to it for a long, 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 long time. And then one day I'll put it on and I'll think, oh, I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. And then I'll have a few months out. My sister loves the archers, but she regularly exercises her archers demons in rants on Twitter, (laughs) which I love. I always love them. It's great. It's like, oh, she's listening to the archers. Remember when they had um, Brian, Saucy Brian was having an affair with the the, the saucy Irish lady Siobhan. Siobhan, yes, Lake Siobhan. Rory, didn't they? Mm. And um, I just remember, <laughs> I just remember they, they they how they do the scene. This you, you're not you can't see it. It's done entirely by sound, and 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 they do like prodigious, very carefully timed sound effects. So there was mm. a thing when they were in a jacuzzi together. Mm. <laughs> but somehow you knew they were in a jacuzzi they didn't mm. have to really say so I'm just climbing into the jacuzzi now well oh, do you on. remember the um the scene that caused huge controversy which was Sid and Jolene when they're having their in the shower together oh my word and it caused a huge amount of controversy it was you know it was considered far too explicit Sid, Sid is, it, I don't know about in real life but certainly within the um the drama Sid is now dead and what I do like though is it became so infamous that the BBC website you can still listen to just that scene they've got just that scene if you're desperate to hear Jolene and Sid Perks having a shower together you know particularly if maybe you're American and you have never heard the Archers or you might be English never heard the Archers but I can't be many English people that haven't um, you can go along and listen to one of if not the longest running serial drama in the world exactly how do you show a sexy shower on the radio at seven o'clock in the evening on a weekday it's amazing it's if you, a if skill. You go, 
um, if you go to BBC Birmingham, mm-hmm. you, can, um, you just go up the stairs and you are right in front of the booth where they, or the studio, where they record the archers. And mm-hmm. um, if you go in the blinds down, they're recording. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's up and you can see all the microphones and there's lots of information and, and stuff. It's, it's quite, and you can even, and I did this, I, I will put this on the podcast thing, uh, <laughs> where you can actually take your picture with with i don't you know I, I've, I've lost touch with the archers now it was some farmers and i was wearing an anorak and it was very funny was, so, it, was it ruth and david i think it might have been she's very short compared yes, to him he is. he's very he's very he's very strapping he's very strapping he's like someone that would live in longley parva <laughs> i have done my research and apparently the archers is the world's longest running drama doesn't surprise me at all no and michael palin has appeared in it hasn't he <gasps> he's appeared oh. in home and away Really? I oh, no, he appeared in Neighbours. Let me double check. Yeah, he was a um, he appeared as a surfer who asked the way to the sea. Of all the people in the world, you'd think he'd know, wouldn't you? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm now checking if it's Neighbours or Home and Away. That, and I tuned in just to see it because obviously it was a... Was, oh, I shouldn't ask this question. It was Home and Away. He's wearing a wetsuit. A or wetsuit. Just, or shorts. It looks suit. like a wetsuit to me. Yeah, it was years ago. I remember watching it because it was in the you know it was a big thing that he was going to be in it because he was filming filming in Australia at the time. So he did it as kind of an in joke. And he's wearing a wetsuit and he runs up to two of the regulars and asks them with his surfboard under his arm and asks them the way. And again, we will put this and we'll put Sid and Jolene's shower website for you all. So this is this is an, an audio visual extravaganza this time. Oh, definitely. <laughs> because we've got pictures and we've got video and we've got sound. You are going to get a terrifying insight into British entertainment, courtesy <laughs> of us. And all of this that we took, if you've never, you know, you've never seen Emma Dale and you've never seen Cold Feet and all of this, you're suddenly going to have a whole world open before you. And, and with quite a lot of hot older men hot in it. Hot older men, well-dressed, which is, as you can tell, a little bit, I'm quite banging that drum, like, they better be well-dressed. Gotta be well dressed. Well dressed, or at least once well dressed, now dishevelled, <laughs> or undressed. <laughs> so, have we got any other men on our list? I'm sure we could go on all night. It could go on all night, shouldn't? Couldn't it? <laughs> any listeners out there listening? Tell us who are your older men. Get in touch. Do you know? Do you know who I think? I think wise older man is. Who's that? Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons of Leotard in Die Hard fame. <laughs> oh no. Yes, blue like unitard in one of the Die Hard films where he played a villain. He doesn't do it for me, but but when no, it's no. his birthday, people people give her things like bag like tote bags with his picture on and stuff. Fantastic actor though, isn't he? Oh yes, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Wish he'd do more actually. I, I have a feeling when he was in was it Danny the Champion of the World? Mm, mm. He played Danny's dad, and I seem to remember watching that and <laughs> thinking. <laughs> but is that because quite often he plays quite brittle characters, doesn't he? He does, he does, and perhaps that's yeah. I mean, I know, I know what why is quite a fan of him when he was Scar in them, The Lion King. Back to our bad boys, like our Emmerdale bad boy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or even, I guess, Cold Feet. David yes. is a bit of a pain in the bum sometimes. So not exactly a bad boy, but it's that kind of again that kind of appeal of someone who. Has a bit of fire in the belly, but, but not so much fire that it becomes annoying. Or, or that he's like a dragon. <laughs> yes. Oh, dragons are awesome, though. Let's not have any complaints there. I don't know. How, you know, to Emmerdale, though, some of the plots I remember, a dragon would not have been out of place. <laughs> this week in the village, a dragon comes to the wall pack. And if you're going to have a fight in a pub, the dragon's going to, you know, there's people, like, I'm just going to hit you over the head with a tankard. And then the, and then the dragon just goes, <gasps> 
can't decide whether he had um, whether Christopher Villas had more punches in the mouth or affairs in Emmerdale. I'm not sure which one it was, <laughs> but I'm, I think I seem to remember he went out in a blaze of hostage-taking glory. And we, I live in a Yorkshire village, and obviously it's it's like that every day around here. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happens every single day. Planes are crashing and trains. If you watch Emmerdale, this is trains are crashing and houses and mirrors are collapsing on people and skewering them. People are getting thrown into graves and running off with their surrogate mothers. And yeah, it's it's Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah with, it's my village with a gentle oboe. <laughs> gentle oboe. Credit. <laughs> yeah. And for anyone that remembers Emmerdale in those days, you'll remember this. You'll never look at a beef Wellington the same again. <laughs> Because if you, if you play such a character where, where you're, you're just making the tea and a woman comes in and just drops her robe and she's naked at seven in the evening. <laughs> and again, you know, outraged of wherever is straight away on the letters. So disgusting. I had to watch it again just to be sure I'd seen it. I, re- I had this on repeat. <laughs> I had to zoom in to be sure that I was seeing what I thought I was seeing. And having seen it several times, I'm outraged. <laughs> That's that's life when you're us. It is. It's just one great carousel of well-dressed older men. Indeed. And then you go, oh, we could write a book about somebody who looks like him. (laughs) And off we go. And landing on your desk soon, no doubt, reader. Yes. You can look out for somebody getting punched by a grave. (laughs) We we haven't had anyone get punched by a grave, have we? Perhaps we need to do that. It happened to one of my friend's aunties by another auntie, but not in a book. Oh, in real life. In real life. I'll tell you about that another time. But perhaps, yes, perhaps we need to do that. Yes. So on that note of Yorkshire strangeness, for those of you that stayed with us to the end, go and look at the website at www.curzonharksted.co.uk and enjoy a feast of saucy clips of the archers and nice pictures and all sorts of lovely things featuring all things mature man. Yes. And join in. Tell us who your pick would be for Indeed. mature man for our Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes, someone who has aged like a like a wheel of Stilton. <laughs> yes. And you know, let's let's make this a thing because I've I've enjoyed this this silliness. Yes. So each podcast we'll be picking a man and we'll be telling you who's putting the fizz in our gin that week, as it were. And I think this week we have to say all of these men have put some fizz in our gin. We can't choose so. one. Yes. But you may obviously hear from these men again. I think you will. Yes, you I definitely I think you will. They might pop back up again. Yes. And if any of them, so oh, if any of them, God forbid, ever hear this podcast. Yes. Sorry. Thank you for the amazing entertainment and just for being awesome. Thank you. And, and also, thank you for the restraining order. <laughs> and the restraining order. And for asking us to remove it. <laughs> Bye. Find out more at our website, curzonharksted.co.uk, music courtesy of www.purple-planet.com.